Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We're back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, Corey Majors and Mike Bassick. We have Joey with us as well as Carter Freeman, making sure the video is running for you on YouTube and Twitch. If you want to yell at him for making sure the music is turned off, then go ahead and do that on the Twitch. He loves the conversation. Uh, Kevin's not with us right now. Again, the most horrific injury to a throat we've ever seen going on. We got our third guy. On the Diamond Factory hotline right now with us is Texas Rangers first baseman, Nathaniel Lowe. Nathaniel, how's it going today, man? Great, guys. It's a pretty good Friday. I'm out here at, uh, on the golf course. I can't complain. Oh, which, well, we won't. <laughs> is it a nice course? <laughs> it is my favorite. We'll put it that way. Okay, so when I wonder this, my mom, when I'm at home, <laughs> I'm Michael. My dad's Mike. And we were told a year or so ago, you're Nathaniel Lowe, not Nate Lowe. Are you okay with us calling you Nate Lowe, or is it only Nathaniel? Because our buddy Kevin, who's not here today, if we call him Kev, he gets pretty mad. He's so mad. Oh, I take no offense to it at all. I think it's funny that it's turned into the PR hassle that it's turned into, but I respond to both, and I get offended with neither. Awesome. Awesome. Now, there's something really fun going on right now. I love it on MLB Network, on MLB.com. Top 10 right now at their position. And you were ranked as the seventh best first baseman in Major League Baseball going into 2023. Do you follow things like that and see what those top 10s lists are? Um, honestly, no. Uh, I did take a screenshot last year because they listed two players from one team and I was not even in the 30 available. So, you know, with things being kind of back and forth like that, I didn't want to take offense to it, but you know, I kind of make a little mental note that, you know, maybe I'm not on the radar yet. We got some work to do. Okay. Okay. I like that perspective too, that like you got some work to do, maybe not on the radar yet. You did it last year for sure though, man hitting 302 and like that's that's a number that I talk with Mike all the time I'm like where are those guys why 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 don't more guys do that more often but you also hit with power did you just did you find something did you unlock something last year what was it for you that had you hitting so well I'll tell you what um over the course of the season there's there's slow stretches and there's hot stretches and you just got to do what you can to maximize when when you're having your hot stretch and I feel like, you know, with the the group that we have, with the staff support, with the other players, I just got an opportunity to really maximize, and thankfully I was able to do it. Now, when it comes to the Rangers offseason, what an offseason, getting a whole bunch of pitching help. Were you surprised or going into the offseason, did you have a good idea that the Rangers were going to spend this much money on uh, free agents? Well, um, 
you know, you can look at the stadium and see that the dollars are there. Um, we're, we're a sports town, right? The DFW is a, a sports community. So the commitment to winning from the ownership side was great. To see. You know, you never really know what they're willing to spend or who they're willing to bring in. But obviously the names of the names of the players that they're bringing in and the commitments that they're making financially is promising for all free agents, for anybody who could get traded. And, you know, it should be the turn of the tide for the Texas Rangers. I'm not I'm not saying that like you ever as a t- good teammate sit there and blame like uh, the other side. You know, like in football, offense shouldn't blame defense or anything like that. I'm not asking you to do that here. But seeing additional pitchers that are good veterans come in, does that make you think, okay, there are going to be some opportunities where we won't be giving up runs in the middle of games that we shouldn't be? Well, you know, it's a funny game because even the best of the best can go out there and get tagged for 10 in a start. And the next time, you know, somebody who may be making a spot start or, or doesn't have any experience can go six or seven shutouts. So the consistency piece is going to be something that is going to be really good for us. Um, our starters should be able to work real deep. We've got some guys that are not afraid to eat some innings, and then it'll keep our bullpen fresher. And when we get the team in the rhythm, is we get the, if we get the defense off their feet and we get back in the box, things are good for us. We have a good offensive team. And, you know, it's, it's cool to see the improvements on both sides of the ball. We have Silver Slugger, Nathaniel the Nate Lowe, joining us uh, right now on the golf course. So hopefully we won't keep you too much longer. I know your buddies might be going, hey, it's your time to tee off or you need to putt right now. Let those Get guys play through. <laughs> so, no, it's all good, man. We're at the turn. When it comes to the shift, that's a big deal in this upcoming season is that there's going to be shades but not complete shifts uh, in the infield. It seemed like it didn't bug you last year as you are a guy that does use the other side of the field a whole bunch. Have you thought about your approach or your team's approach on how different the rules could be with defense in the infield? Um. You know, I think defensively for us, it's just going to expose players. You know, you're going to figure out what you're made of again because sometimes the shift can help you out defensively because you go get to a couple balls that maybe you don't necessarily get to when you start in a standard position. But, you know, I think it's going to be good for us as athletes because now we have freedom to move. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, the four-hole has been covered up. The second baseman's in right field half the time. The shortstop's standing behind second base. And, for the longest time, you come up and you go, all right, with two strikes, let me get to the middle. Let me drive the ball hard back through the middle. And the shortstop's standing right there ready to eat it. So it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for baseball as a whole. Okay, I really do hope so. And also, I want to point out, like, you just said you're at the turn. Was Is this brilliant planning on your part that you were able to be at the turn here on the golf course while you were also scheduled to have a, a radio interview at the exact same time? I'll tell you what, Rich, Rich Rice did a good job with this. You guys are doing a great job accommodating my schedule. It's just, you know, things are working out the way they're supposed to, and it, today's a good day. Nice. Okay. If let's... we're playing golf with you, though, Nate, what are we looking for? Are you a good putter? Are you just awesome with drives? Are you just a solid player all around? <laughs> Let the big dog eat is yeah. what I said. <laughs> you know, I it just depends on the day. My, my handicap's turning in the right direction, but, you know, I could go out and post something above 90 any day of the week it's just that's how the game goes man and and you know one of the guys that I'm playing with right now 
he doesn't keep score. Um, he doesn't play one ball. He hits until he's content with the shot that he hits, and he goes to the golf course to have a good time. And that's what I think it comes down to, especially for the amateur side of the game. You know, have a good group, get a good day where you're outside enjoying the weather and walking with some good people, and then, you know, the game will take care of itself. We've had we got a good opportunity to get to lo- to know uh, a lot of the managers uh, as they've come through here, and we loved Woody. We really did. We had a great relationship with him, and we we're gonna miss him and b- wish him the best with the Dodgers being back at that. What have you talked to Boach yet? Have you gotten an opportunity to have a good conversation with him yet and get a, an idea of what he's expecting of this of this club? A handful of times, yes. Um, just in passing, though, it's it's been pretty you know pretty casual. It was uh, real early. I think one of the first times that he came to the stadium, I was in town and got to shake his hand. And he's from uh, the same area that my dad's from. So we got a couple of connects there. And I spent a summer after my sophomore year of college playing for another guy who was really tight with him. And, you know, it, it was it was cool how things just kind of come full circle. And then obviously with his winning experience, he, he's going to set us. He's going to set a precedent. He's going to bring some maybe some old school mentality and maybe some analytics and some new school, but it's going to be, you know, a fresh change for us and hopefully we'll translate onto the field. Now you, you brought up your dad just a moment ago and I had a, a friend kind of point out a couple of things about him. I didn't know he was drafted by the Mariners in what? 86. Yeah. I also 86. didn't, I also didn't know he was a career fighter pilot and <laughs> Like, do you love flying in planes? Do you have you like have you gotten a chance to do that? Like, what's what's that relationship like? Dude, I would I would kill to go up in one of those airplanes. I mean, I, you know, with the with the I think it's the National Guard out there in Fort Worth that that flies out of there. And, you know, they they fly the fighter jets out there. I've never had the opportunity. I'm not sure if I would fit, but I would find <laughs> a way to fit if they were going to take me up in a fighter jet. Does, does I he... think you can do that in spring training too. There's that base oh, yeah. that I think the Rangers have visited. Uh, I don't. It's a good decade ago where they got to do stuff like that. I'll tell you what. I make a point some days to go out there because there's a service road that goes right under the runway. Yes. And those F-35s come in and they are 45, 50 feet above the, above the road. And I sit on top of the truck and you can feel, you know, the the fence will wiggle from the afterburner as they're coming down to the runway. So. You know, there's, there's not a lot of sounds better than jet noise. I think, you know, jet fuel has just got a smell to it. It's like pine tar, you know. It's just – it puts you in a mood, and it definitely adds to some sensations and some good memories of my dad when I was a kid. Man, hey, when you said the pine tar smell, Mike just lit up because that's one of his favorite smells for sure. He always talks about that. Right. But whenever we're out there – Nick Solak had said for the longest time, if you could get it in a candle, he would. Absolutely. And now they have it in like soap form. So there's all sorts of options out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying not, not to get myself in trouble with the bosses, but when we're out in uh, Arizona, usually if I'm driving, I will try to race some of those, those planes that are flying. There, there's no way, but it's a rental car, you know, everything's fine. Yeah. Right. It's not yours. Might as well drive it. And you put in plane with the boys with Tom Cruise is your doing that i think i do jump i, I do jump from uh no not, not, the, not the, the top gun one so uh nate now you have got to be somewhat of a veteran player on the texas rangers i know there's other veteran guys next to you Simeon and seager in your infield most likely will be josh young who is a guy who got a little bit of experience last year in the major leagues i think a lot of ranger fans are excited to see what josh young can provide 
uh, to the team on an everyday basis in 2023. Your major league career did not start off with a bang. It was not like, hey, I'm here, like somebody like Corey Seager, who was a rookie of the year guy. Do you feel like if there are struggles with Josh Young, you can be able to go over to him and talk to him about your experience uh, your first time in the major leagues? I do. I really do. I, you know, I, like you said, I didn't kill it when I first got called up. And, you know, with the, the system that's in place at the other organization that I started with, it's, you know, a lot of young guys shuffling in and out. Like my, my brother went out a handful of times this year and had to go right back down. I got called up my first year for one day and got sent right back down. And, you know, there's, it's just tough for young players to flourish without direction from other players because happy players perform better. And when you know that your teammates are really truly your teammates and they're in your corner, then you step into the box or you go out to the field with confidence and that's where you're going to get the most out of your game. This week, we've kind of been looking at where people have this Rangers club this year. And Mike, I think they had, what was it yesterday? You said MLB had them at 74 wins. 78. And you said you'd flip it. You'd give them, you give them over 80 wins and put them in that, in that range. I'm kind of curious. I don't know if you guys do this. If y'all look at it and you'll go, this is the right number for us. Do you have a number that you're like, this is where we want to be? I mean, we all want to win a championship, but this team is progressing in a different way right now. Uh, you know, honestly, I have no idea. I, it'd be cool to, it'd be cool to say, yeah, we're going to put together at least a 500 season or yeah, let's get closer to 90, 95, hundred wins. That'd be awesome. But you know, we have to take one step at a time. We have to pitch the ball. We have to hit the ball, catch the ball and throw it. And outside of that, you, you can only control what you can control. All right, Mr. Lowe, my last question for you is this whole week, we've obviously talked a lot about the Cowboys losing, but as we've gotten to Friday, we're talking a lot about the conference championship games. I'm assuming you are a football fan. Who are you rooting for and why this weekend? (laughs) Gosh, uh, you know, I wish that I could vouch for and like have a better answer for you, but I'm not going to lie, man. It's, it's baseball season already in my head. Uh, (laughs) If I, you know, after church on Sunday, if I'm not on the golf course, maybe I'll flip the football game on. But for the most part, like, man, I I don't pay a whole ton of attention to the NFL. Okay. Do you pay attention to any, do you like any other sport? You a Stars fan? Uh, Yes. A bandwagon Stars fan, but a Stars fan. Well, welcome to the bandwagon. Yes. Our our marketing team has a great relationship with Stars. And so. They can get us some tickets and some sweet parking spots. And, yes, I have a jersey. Um, we just had our Rangers night there the other night. I got a jersey made with my name and number on it, which I, I don't think I'll wear again. But it's a cool thing to have. And, you know, after this, I've only been to a handful of games. But, yes, I am I am down for some hockey now. And tomorrow, will we see you at Fan Fest? Yes, sir. I'll be there in the morning. All right. Awesome. Awesome, Awesome, man. Well, you have a fantastic back nine. Uh, Hopefully it's all birdies all the way, man. That's right. Thank you, guys. There he goes. Nathaniel Lowe right here on 105.3 The Fan. Your home of the Texas Rangers spring training coming up very quickly, Mike, as pitchers and catchers are getting ready to report. I hope that right there, because I'm starting to see this on the text right now. I hope that kind of like, oh, man, I'm rooting for that guy. Like, that's one of those opportunities. That, that's He sounds like a fun guy. I can't wait to talk to him in Arizona. I did see somebody ask me, hey, do you think the Rangers is on the Twitch? Do you think the Rangers are good enough to buy season tickets? And I'm going to give my honest answer here. As I said, man, buying 81 tickets seems like a yeah. lot of games to go to. It is. But I said this team has done enough in the offseason 
that I think buying 10 and 20 and half season packages, because I can see going to 10 games, I think is easy. Going to 20 games, I think is pretty doable. I think when you start talking about a Maverick star season, 41 home games, that's quite a bit to commit to. And 80 games approximately approximately is a lot to commit to. But I would say, man, this to go see Jacob DeGrom, to go see some of these pitchers, whether it's Evaldi, uh, Martin Perez, uh, you know, Jonathan Gray, when he was healthy last year, was good. He just health was an issue there. And now with the the team that they have, the I think they're going to be very competitive this year. I would say, hey, I would call up the Rangers, go to Fan Fest. This is a great way to go to the park and everything and see maybe what seats you would like for a 20-game package or something. I'd say it's definitely worth getting some sort of package this year. If you can't do 80 games, I, I don't think many people can. But if you can do like a 20-game package, I think it's very doable. And you can get to the ballpark and kind of see where you'd want to sit for those 20 games. Yeah, I think you got a really good point. You know, DeGrom, between all that pitching, you're going to have a night where you get to see something special maybe happen. It's not one of those nights where you're like, who is this guy again? So I think you're going to have something on a nightly basis with the Rangers. Yeah, go check them out. It's uh, They're going to be out at Fan Fest this weekend. Man, it's a lot of fun. All kinds of autographs, interactive uh, activities going on. TexasRangers.com. Just go check out the Fan I, Fest this weekend. Man. I think, too, I'm not 100% sure, but I think like if you're a big prospect guy, I believe Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. They were all at the Stars game, I yeah. think, last or a couple nights ago. So I think they're all going to be at night. Fan Fest. So if you want to see kind of the the, the, next generation. the first round picks that you've had, Evan Carter, I think, is also there. So if you're a big prospect guy, I think the prospects are going to be at Fan Fest, too. I can't guarantee it, but I think they are, too. Coming up next, it is the Expressway. 35 uninterrupted minutes of sports and entertainment right in your ears. We got bold prediction and Mike's likes it next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, we do have the big-time games coming up this weekend, otherwise known as the big games uh, is what we have to call them. Kevin's not with us today, uh, so we got to make sure we're saying it right. The big C games. Yeah, the big C games, championship games, that is. The AFC and NFC championships going on this weekend. Mike, I was watching Mahomes at practice earlier, walking around. Here's where I think that it's that he's not there yet, all right? Just watching him kind of, like, test it every time he gets an opportunity. Every chance he gets, he's kind of bouncing on it just a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. And that's where I'm – he's – 
A, you have to do that. You have to figure out, is this right? You're also letting some of those fluids out of your injury area. Like Those are things. But it just looks like he's like, is it working? Is it? Am I okay? So, and he had a couple moments where he had a weird step. But with Mahomes, that's right. a huge factor. He's their offense. So, I don't want to call this dirty because this is what you kind of should do. But I'm asking you this question. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you're kind of going to sack him, now, I know that you run into the personal foul stuff, but if you're kind of getting knocked down and you tackle him and you kind of have fallen down and you've tackled him around his knees to kind of get him down after he's released the ball, don't you turn the ankle a little bit? So, I mean, yeah, but also, this I know is their a different answer era. would be no to the public, but don't you, if you. If you spin it just a little bit, it might kind of bruise up or ache so much that he can't play. I, I Listen, this is Dick Butkus would bite you at the bottom of the dog pile, all right? He's doing whatever he could to win. There's no way that players aren't thinking that way uh, in, uh, hey, man, if this guy's not on the field, this helps us, except for the fact that Chad Henney has the longest touchdown drive in Kansas City Chiefs postseason history. So maybe you don't want that guy on the field. But yes, I, I, I do think that will happen at some point that one of these Bengals players might see an opportunity. Here's the one thing that would hold me back from it. There are so many camera angles. And I'm not saying that, a, that the NFL is going to find me or anything, but I don't want to be I don't want to be looked at as that player amongst my peers. Sue, Indomitian Sue, he's perfectly fine with being, all right, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't want that. But my teammates also are probably pretty ecstatic that I was the guy that got that guy out. So I think that there are opportunities, yeah, I but think again, there's, there's so many TV angles that I'm going to get seen and exposed. I just think there's so many ways to intentionally do it without looking like it was intentionally done because things are moving so fast. All of a sudden, when I'm tackling him, my forearm goes down really hard on his ankle. I didn't twist yep. it. I didn't grab it or anything like that. And I'm like, dude, what am I supposed to do? I got a 330-pound guy doing this to me, and I got to hurry up and try to get there, and I'm losing my balance trying to get there. Yep. He's releasing the ball to odd angle, and you're telling me I intentionally threw my forearm into his ankle, and in the back of his head, like, hell yeah, I did. Yeah, guys, and then guys get hurt in this like, game. All right, fine. You can think that, but you can't prove it. Yeah. Now, you can prove, to your point, if they take his ankle and foot and they rip on it as he's down, that's easy to prove. So, to your point, probably can't do that much. But the other thing, too, is if I'm in the Super Bowl, I'm in the Super Bowl. You're Dude, not. Did you think that the Tony Pollard injury was dirty? Not at all. But that is. That's football. That's very close to, very close to a play that is outlawed. In grabbing them by the shoulder pads yeah. and putting your weight on their ankle. Yeah, it's a fifteen-yard penalty. He just, but penalty. he put his he put his arms around his waist and put his like. I shouldn't have tackled him. I should have not grabbed up there. Like, what would you say to the Cowboys if they're like, well, I thought if I grabbed up there and then dropped my body down to get him down because he's a tough guy to tackle, I thought I might hurt him, so I decided to let him go and run for forty yards. There's there's these gray areas. I do think though that putting your body on somebody's ankle like that, like he did, is dangerous. And I don't doubt that there's a guy on that sideline going, hey, if we take Tony Pollard out of this game, this will be better right. for us. I mean, if they have to go to I don't Zeke, think it was intentional at all. You know what I'd say to Tony Pollard? If you were questioning me, if I was the guy who tackled him, and you were saying, you did that to Tony Pollard intentionally, how am I supposed to know he's going to drag his legs like that? Get your legs out of the way. Like, it's not my fault. Like, if, if you break somebody's hand pitching, Get your hands out of the way. It's not my fault you didn't get your hands out of the way. Yeah, I just, all like, I, yeah, did was I, hit the I ball. was throwing at your hands. I was trying to get your hands to 
I was trying to get your body to jump back so I could open up the outside corner. You decided to hang in there and it hit your hand and it broke your hand and you're out six to eight weeks. That's not my fault. I was trying to get you to stop diving out over the plate. That's not my fault. You get your hands out of the way and your hand's not broken. I think you answered your own question very well in that, yes, a lot of players will, A, come up with a creative way to maybe do it if the opportunity arrives. Maybe the opportunity never comes up. Maybe you never even get close enough to Mahomes throughout a game to make that happen. But I think that there are a lot of players that are like, oh, and they have the excuse already built in, just like you said. In the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, I did. But they already know what they're going to say even beforehand. Or maybe it just happens right afterwards. It's just like if you are, I know we're probably going to go to the other side right here now. If I'm playing on the San Francisco 49ers and I have a chance to drive his shoulder into the ground, Jalen Hurts, I'm doing it. Yes, you know, and now I got to watch for a 15-yard penalty. 15-yard penalties can cost you a lot in championship games. So I don't want to get a 15-yard penalty on Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to get a 15-yard penalty on Jalen Hurts. But if there's a chance to kind of drive his shoulder into the ground to see what happens at that point, if he can throw the ball or not throw the ball, you have to take that opportunity. Yes. You, you have to. Especially if the, you know, and I always, if you want to get a quarterback out of rhythm real quickly, yeah, ring his bell. Some way, you know, sack him. Get take if you want to take that fifteen yards, and it's going to knock him for a loop for a while. As players, they're probably thinking, "Hey, we want to make sure we send a message early to this guy." And when it comes to like Christian McCaffrey's calf, I don't know where what an Eagles player is thinking about his yeah. calf or anything like that. I don't. Know I don't think you can really hurt a strained calf muscles type situation. But when yeah. you have a banged up shoulder or you have an ankle, you know that all it takes is one thing with the calf, like. Really, what's going to hurt Christian McCaffrey's calf is pushing off too hard. And that's him. That's I can't make like he's pushing me to try to get an extra yard. I didn't do anything. He's trying to push hard and his his calf strains more or pulls like I don't think there's any way to attack a strained calf. I got a, a couple of bold predictions for the championship games this weekend. Mike wanted to see your thoughts on this. And we will they have invite a, the Cowboys to play in it because they know it would bring a bigger number. That would be bold. That would be extremely bold. Which team would you take off then? Would you take the Bengals out? No, it'd be the 49ers. Oh, the Niners. Okay. Like I you think just you have wanna, them replace them. I it's kind just, of like, ah, uh, they played an ineligible player. They can't go to the next round. I think you just swing the I think you just swing the Cowboys over to the AFC for a weekend. And just say, well, the Bengals are the lowest rated group. I don't know who has the lowest. We don't ratings. want that heat over there. You don't want there's are, too much. The Cowboys are so lucky right now that they're in the NFC over the AFC. From the nine seven two, Hertz said he knew he was a marked man against the Giants for sure. And uh, and then from the eight one seven, the tackle of Pollard and the tackle of Lamb were both intentional to injure and maim. Uh, Bengals bold prediction. Cincinnati has two 100-yard receivers this weekend. What did they want? I'll answer that in a second. What did they want the San Francisco 49ers player to do when he was tackling Tony Pollard? Not put his his weight, not put his body on the ankle. It's the Roy Williams rule, right? Like, that was the Roy Williams rule, was those guys were breaking their ankles by grabbing them by the shoulders, pulling them back, and then laying their body on their ankles. You got to go to flag football if if you think that was dirty. Because he had to that's tackle them. That's what the Tolo said. But they, you're, I feel like you're saying that too. You believe a little bit of that oh, too. That, that was brought up in the in the question. That's been brought up multiple times this week in like headlines. I just saw it as a headline. Was asking. Yeah, you. I just I think part that of the it's part of football. I have to get him down. I'm not trying to land on his ankle. I'm trying to take my 250 pounds 
and get this 210 pound runner to the ground who has momentum. I got to try to stop him legally. And he did it legally, yep. but his legs curled back into my body as I'm dropping it. I, I just, uh, I just find it as like, that's part of football. I also that's don't part know of life. It became so rampant with the Roy Williams era and that that was happening a lot, not just by Roy Williams, but by other people. It became so much that it was ruining careers and stuff. Right. I do wonder that if if it happens more the way that it happened with Tony Pollard, if guys are like, "Hey, I can grab him by the waist and still do that, but I don't. I'm not breaking the rules." If the NFL would look at it and say, and that is something we could talk about with Steven for sure. Bengals bowl prediction: Cincinnati has two 100-yard receivers this weekend. Do you think that is a bold prediction? I lean to no. It's a great. I think it's a great bold prediction. I do think that. Uh, Burrow throws for 300 yards, which gives yourself a chance. And I do think Jamar Chase is going to have 100 yards, but I don't think – I know that T. Higgins is their other guy, very good player. I don't think both of them will, but I can see 120 for Chase and I can see 80 for Higgins, and then that does get you 200 yards. It just isn't each guy got 100. I heard one of the the linebackers for Kansas City said he's not impressed by the Kansas the the Bengals offense. He said well, nothing impresses me. They've been destroyed by that offense multiple times, so he needs to shut his mouth. I'm rooting for Kansas City, but in that first game, Jamar Chase went for I think over 200 yards. I think it was like 230 yards of receiving. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you're – what did you want him to go for? Five, was 500 yards <laughs> impressive to you? I don't – Well, he, I guess whenever you have Mahomes as your quarterback that you're getting impressed a lot right. of times. Uh, but I think that Joe is one of those guys that it's like – you're like, okay, he is he really that great? And then all of a sudden in big moments he steps up and you're like, crap, he is that dude. I agree. I think that either Higgins or Chase could be the guy. I think Mixon could be a guy out of the backfield that has 100 yards. I don't know if that counts as a 100-yard receiver – but I also definitely think that Hayden Hurst could have a huge impact on this game. And, dude, we don't give Tyler Boyd enough credit. He's the third receiver on this team. He could be a number two somewhere. And he's the third receiving option, and they have two ones. So, like, that's one of the things that I think is going to be very exciting about this weekend. Chiefs' bold prediction, Mahomes throws zero touchdown passes. Do you think that – I don't think that's possible. They'll lose. I mean, if that happens, they're they're losing and losing by quite a bit. Or yeah. he got hurt. Or he went out there. I mean, the reason I say it's – I don't even – I'll say it's 33% chance of happening because if his ankle starts bugging him really quickly and they just have to take him out. Because, look, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, this is like Dirk Nowitzki if people don't remember this in 2003. Don Nelson looked at Dirk, and even though the doctor said, we think he can play and we don't think he's going to injure it anymore. We don't think there's – any more damage he can do to his knee. Don Nelson said, this is our franchise player for the next yep. decade. We're yep. not taking this risk. As much as we want to make it to the NBA Finals, we can't take this risk right now with this player. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're expecting Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years to be your quarterback. I can't take the risk if the if he starts limping again and looking bad that, well, this game means more than the next 10 years. I think with Patrick Mahomes, I got a chance to win it all every time he's healthy. Yeah. But I can't take the risk of ruining his ankle, and I don't think they are. But if he starts looking bad, I can see them taking him out going, man, we just can't. You're too valuable to, to pull this off. And you're not 37. Yeah. You're 37 instead of 27. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the last time we'll ever be here. But this isn't the last time that we think we'll ever be here. I also... I don't think they're a good enough running team to just say that that's the way they're going to go. Like the, in in all cases, it is built around Mahomes. 
that is the process in which that team wins football games. Eagles bowl prediction. Jalen Hurts rushes for at least 150 yards. No, no. These are bold. These are, even if you said 100, <laughs> I just lean towards he's got to protect that shoulder. And he even sounds like I got to protect that shoulder. So I'm, I'm going to guess if you said over under 50, I'll go over. You go 80, I would lean towards under. I think he's going to rush for somewhere between 80 and 50 yards in this game, which is a good day for him. That's not a bad day. But I do think he really has to watch that shoulder. And also... I heard this this morning on Sean and RJ. Good point here. The linebackers for San Francisco are fast. Yeah, they are. They are the linebacking crew that Jalen Hurts has to watch that he will get caught by those linebackers. Yeah. And just like you mentioned Tony Pollard, you don't want to get caught from behind and then drag you down. You might not be worrying about your shoulder. You might be worrying about your knees and your ankles in those situations. The Fred Warner safety that plays linebacker. By the way, Jalen Hurts only ran for 150 yards once this year. He only ran for over 100 yards once this year as well. That same time that he ran for 157 yards against Green Bay. So I wouldn't place a bet on that one. 49ers bold prediction. Brock Purdy held under 100 passing yards. Jeez, these, are, Eagles, these are way too well, bold. Well, the Eagles' defense. These I mean, aren't A1 all, thick and hardies. These are way bolder. <laughs> all people are talking about is how this Eagles' defense, you know, how many sacks they put up and right. how consistently good they've been at getting pressure on the quarterback. And we did see the Cowboys got pressure, not as much as you wanted last week, but they did get pressure. I don't know that that's still going to keep him from passing for 100, but they do love to run the football as their their flagship. There will be nobody that pressures Brock Purdy as much as Micah Parsons pressured Brock Purdy. So that being said, I expect Brock Purdy to act. He's on the road. I think he's still going to have a better game than he did against Dallas because I think the Cowboys made his life really uncomfortable really quickly, and for the first time in his short NFL career, he was worried about pass rushers getting to him and him making a major mistake. So he did a good job of dumping the ball and making sure he didn't make any major mistakes. But it also, the the plays that we saw him make against Seattle, he didn't believe he had the time to, to yeah. do. And now Philly has a good overall pass rush, but I don't think they're going to have to deal with a Micah Parsons type of player that really started probably getting in the back of Brock Purdy's head. So, I think he's going to have a nice game. I'm obviously I'm rooting very much for San Francisco. I don't want Philadelphia to be in the Super Bowl. He has thrown for at least 175 yards in every game so far. And yeah. any quarterback throwing for over, uh, less than 100 yards, I guess Jimmy Garoppolo did it. Didn't he have like 70 yards in one Probably game? Probably so. I, I like it's just insane to think that in today's game because the the opportunities, the 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 way the 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 game is called now. Coaches were like, hey, it's more beneficial to us to put the ball up in the air and try and either get you know penalties and all that. He'll get his opportunities Maybe to put the ball out there. As a Cowboys fan, I think you can throw on them, but it's probably because I saw the Cowboys get 41 points on them. All right, Mike, I want to give you plenty of time for this today. It all is right. time for Mike Likes It. All right, so Mike Likes It. I heard this uh, yesterday from um, Richard Jefferson on ESPN. And it was based off of what we're seeing continually now in the NBA day after day and now year after year. Let's hear what lo- what Richard Jefferson said on load management today in the NBA. I don't understand. what We want you to do what's been done over the course of the history of the game of basketball. Like we've sat there, and I was fortunate to come in in 2001, 
And when I tell you that we, there was one trainer, there wasn't, an, there wasn't a traveling masseuse, there wasn't game readies, there weren't all of the amenities, you didn't have cold tubs, you didn't have hot tubs, you didn't have all of the amenities. And the only thing that has led, we have now teams that are paying millions of dollars to sports science. And they're like, oh, the game of basketball is tough. Let me tell you why, and for all the people that want to go through and look at numbers, you can look at how many games I played over the course of my career and what my numbers were. Let me tell you about why it was important to me, because that's all I'm going to say. My parents, I didn't come from very much. And for Christmas, my parents got me a ticket to go watch the, uh, the San Antonio Spurs because David Robinson was my favorite player. One ticket. My dad, who worked security and scrubbed floors and did all this stuff, he dropped me off at the game, gave me five bucks, and I went in there by myself because my family couldn't afford to come to the game. So they knew that I loved basketball. And I was the youngest of three boys, but that was my thing. So they paid one ticket, and I sat in there. My dad went to a bar and watched the game and then came back and picked me up when the game was over. So it's like every day that I stepped on the floor, I remember my father. Yeah. I remember having one ticket and being there and all the families and all the people that were probably just like me. If David Robinson wouldn't have played in that game, like, I get emotional thinking about it because I got to stand next to him in game six of the NBA Finals when he was about to go off into the sunset and tell him that he was my favorite player growing up. So I take that responsibility and say, wait, we can't just gloss over this. And I blame the teams. I blame the training staffs because the players in this generation are doing more of what they are told than going out there and leaving it all out on the floor. Because we as NBA fans, not just the fans in that building, you want to sit there and talk about uh, uh, MVP? Then go against Giannis. Be tired and go against Giannis. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that Jokic is notoriously known for playing in all the games. But that's one that as a team, as a franchise for Jokic, for everyone, you should have looked at and said, we need to manage before or we need to manage afterwards. You're going to go against one of the best players in this league, and that's the way it should be looked at. So I love what Richard Jefferson's saying there, and I do think this is why the NBA financially is still behind Major League Baseball. Not by a lot, but they are behind them. Is because there's plenty of times I will never buy a 10-game pass to the Mavericks again because when I did it in Luka's rookie year, all the premium games that I got, literally, I don't know how it worked out this way, none of the best players for the other team played in all 10 games. Huh. Steph Curry was out for Golden State. Paul George was out for Oklahoma City. Uh, it was just, I think it was actually Paul George did play. Russell Westbrook was out. Like every, Le LeBron James didn't play in the game that the Laker uh, game that I had. Yep. Uh, it was just every game somebody set out and then, I think out of the 10 games that we had, and look, this is just what his career was. I think Porzingis played in two of the 10, maybe three of the 10 games. Uh, Lucas sat out, I believe, one or two of the games. And so I just got to the point, like, I cannot buy tickets to future NBA games unless they're playoffs. I decided I'm just going to save all my money. And last year I went to almost every playoff game because you know that they're going to play in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so I look at this for the NBA and go, this is a major issue. And the schedule was exactly the same. And sports science, as great as their theories are, and all the hot tubs and cold tubs and the, the, the right diet and everything, it didn't save Blake Griffin's career. Blake Griffin's career ended at 30 years old or 31 years old. It doesn't save careers. It doesn't make careers longer. We saw, guess what? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played till he was 44. You know, I, I've seen Dirk Nowitzki from 1998 play till 2018, and I get things adjusted during his his time period 
But when you look at what they're doing, and also in baseball, I keep saying this, especially with pitching, you're not saving arms. The arms aren't lasting longer today. You've done this theory on we're not going to pitch guys a lot and we're not going to tell them to ever pitch a lot in the minor leagues. It's not helping them. It's not making them better. It's not uh, elongating careers. It is still the same. Steve Carlton pitched till he was 40. Don Sutton pitched till he was 40. Obviously, we know Nolan Ryan pitched till he was 45. I played with John Franco, who pitched till he was 44, 46 years old. We saw Jamie Moyer, and I know not a hard thrower, but he was able to throw till he's like 47. This sports science stuff, I'm not saying it's a crock, but they are making owners believe, and then non-sports people that are in franchises now believe that they've discovered the answer. You know what they can't do, Corey? They can't say this. We don't really have the answer. It's the human body. And we've never been able to totally figure this thing out. And we don't know how Michael Jordan played 40 minutes a night every game of every season for five straight years. I don't, we, we can't answer that. What they say is it wasn't beneficial to him. So they have to come up with things that are totally and completely different that don't really make a lot of sense. It's a theory. I'm not saying they make great sense or they make no sense. It's just that we have all of these theories, but we've now taken it to, no, we know. You don't know. Blake Snell getting taken out in game six of the World Series lost the World Series, but yet they would say, we knew he was going to start pitching bad. We know that it was, Blake Snell hasn't pitched well uh, or great since that World Series game. I thought you saved him. I thought you were going to make Blake Snell the best pitcher in baseball for five innings and only pitching five innings every fifth day. Well, it didn't make him better. It made him worse. So now what's the theory on we took him out early in that game because we thought we would ruin his life if we pitched him one more inning or we would ruin the World Series. Well, you ruin the World Series the opposite way. So they're all theories. They're, they're not based off of facts. There's really very little that is happening based off of facts. But I think for the NBA, Corey, and I'll let you talk here, they have an issue with this. You pay a premium. They upcharge. The Mavericks and all other teams upcharge for the Lakers. They upcharge for Golden State. They upcharge for Milwaukee. They upcharge for these premium games with premium players. Yet you only have about a 70% chance of that guy actually showing up to play in that game. Do you, well, the the owners and I mean teams have essentially said though, we would I mean with Luca, we discussed this. Yeah. With Luca. They're like, hey, it's better for you to not play tonight. Uh, so you're right. going to take a night off. And I think you pointed out about 10 games a year, the Mavericks will do that. And with a lot of other players in the NBA, they will do that as well. Now, you don't care if Dwight Powell's not in the game. Could like, that doesn't right. matter to you at all. Right. It, Nobody's it, it, paying to go see Dwight Powell play. Right. And and for, like, let's say the Suns. I don't know if anybody's shown up to watch Cam Johnson play. Right. I just they want to see Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Yeah. And so, I. but last night, you got neither Luka after the first right. few minutes. Uh, and you also didn't have Booker on the court. The in, It feels like the owners are okay with it, though. And they're not worried that the product is lesser during the regular season for that. Yeah. Or it almost feels like they're saying that they realize and recognize their season is too long in kind of a way that they're like, man, that is too many games, but we're still going to get our money for them. It's right. very similar to what Kevin says about Netflix. What's the smallest amount that we can give, but also keep the people around? Uh, you know, if we raise it $3, 
how many people are going to leave? Oh, we're going to lose 250,000 people? That's still enough for us to be able to make a profit on this. And so that's where I feel like the NBA, I don't think they think it matters that much. But there is this kind of from the, the, I don't want to call y'all old heads uh, because I don't want Richard Jefferson to sound that way. But there's a different mentality from certain, from those players that's, they were trying to prove something and grow that league into something. And they were trying, like it was, and just think about the relationships we see that we never saw from from those guys in the 80s and 90s. We didn't have those types of things. This is a different era and generation of it all. So what's going to be interesting this year with the NBA is, is uh, another point that I wanted to get to, is especially in the Western Conference, most everything's going to be jumbled up. Now, for Memphis and Denver, it's not. They're going to be the one and two seed in any order. They, they have They have pulled away from the pack. They don't have to worry about being the three, four, five, six, or play-in situation. They pulled away from the pack, and they're in very good shape the rest of the way to give Jaw a night off or to give Jokic a night off if they need it and not worry about falling out of the playoffs. What's going to be interesting here with approximately 30 games left for all NBA teams is Sacramento, New Orleans, the Clippers, the Mavs, the Suns, Timberwolves, Golden State, Utah – probably throw in the Blazers and Lakers who are out of the playoffs right now. I won't throw in Oklahoma City, even though maybe they could surprise us and be one of the 10 seeds to make the play-in situation, is what are they going to do down the stretch here? Last year, LeBron didn't want to make the play-in. So I know people forget stuff like this. He intentionally sat out at the end because he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to play in the play-in possibly win a game but probably not or maybe even lose it and feel embarrassed right and then get hammered by the one seed because we're not going to beat phoenix at the time they're they're way better i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to try to put in 40 minutes a night just to make the nine or ten spot and so what is going to happen down the stretch here because i think it'll say a lot about the nba if all of a sudden, the Clippers, who are fighting for the five or six spot, or fighting for the seven or eight spot, they're like, look, we don't care. Just sit out, Kawhi. Sit out, Paul George. If the Mavericks are sitting where they're at right now, the sixth spot, can you sit out, Luka? Now you're scraping for everything. Don't you have to play the them every game down the stretch just to try to st- stick into the sixth spot so you make the real playoff? Same sure. thing when Devin Booker gets healthy. And and for Golden State, who right now is, is the nine spot. And they can move up quickly to the four spot or even to the three spot if they get hot. But... I'm wondering with all this load management in the NBA where it's it's just not fun at times to turn on an NBA game and go, how come he's not playing? Well, he played last night. Or they're playing three games in four nights, so they're only going to play him in two of the games. Well, I, there, it's not proven that it makes anything better. The thing is, is because San Antonio won champion, it's interesting he talked about David Robinson because the Spurs started this. Yeah. Is that okay? Explain that a little bit because when you brought that up this morning, I forgot that this was like it was Tim Duncan originally that was the right. first kind of like he's got a night off tonight, and TNT or ESPN lost their minds about it, right? And they kept doing it, and then they would be like, Well, guess what? Because this is a TNT game and we played last night, we're gonna sit out Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, and somebody else. It's just like Dude, they're starting. They're they're sitting four of their five starting guys. Why would I ever tune in and watch this game? And somehow Popovich would still like win fifty percent of those games. But because they were successful doing it, right? Because they won championships doing it, then other teams said this has to be the way. There's no other way than to do it the Popovich Spurs way because they are continually in NBA championship games and winning NBA championships. 
But the only thing that's proven there is it worked for San Antonio and it worked for Tim Duncan, but it didn't work for Blake Griffin. They sat him out plenty of games with the Clippers, and it didn't work with his body. Still at 30 years old, his body was done playing basketball. I think with Zion, it doesn't matter what you do with Zion. His body won't make it past 30 years old and play meaningful NBA games at 32, 33 years old. Uh, with Luka, it's funny. I was told by somebody who's in the NBA said Luka can play for 20 years because he never runs anyway. <laughs> so what if you jog the whole game, yeah. you're not really like at 35 years old. Oh, no, he's now jogging up and down. the. Well, he never ran at 22 years old. So what does it matter at 35 years old? He's going to still be playing at the same slow pace. And Jaws like a violent dunker. You know, like his body takes going to be interesting. And, and Luka like doesn't it, have that same kind of right. violent like he's more Paul Marrow uh, than 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 he is one of those violent hitters like yeah. Napoli was. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I wonder about this as NBA players talk about this former NBA players. And I know that Charles Barkley talks a lot about this and you just look at it and go, what are we doing here? Uh, are we improving the product this way? And I don't, I don't think sports scientists can say we have improved the product by sitting out the best players in the game somewhere between 10 and 20 games a year. So it's just a, it was an interesting thing from Richard Jefferson, and I just think to myself, I think about it in baseball terms, too. It's way more pitching than it is regular players. Everyday players are still playing 140 to 150 games if they're healthy throughout the season. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, I don't expect Luka to play against Utah coming up. Right. He's, he's really hurt. Devin Booker sat out last night because he's really hurt. You get injuries, and then you have to sit out because you physically can't play. But to me, if you can physically play and you're tired, I don't give an S play. That's what you do. You're supposed to play. People have paid a lot of money to go see Giannis play. People have paid a lot of money to go see Luca play. You got to play. And here NBA players are trying to play less games and NFL players are agreeing to more football games. The, the, the reason well, they're not, they're doing it for certain (laughs) reasons, but I will say this. I think that's one of the reasons that we love the NFL a lot more than basketball and football is we know unless they're hurt, they're playing. When we tune into a Cowboys game, unless he's hurt, Dak is playing, Mike is playing, Patrick Mahomes is playing, whoever you love is playing, unless they're really hurt. And so I do think that the NBA has to look at this, and I know they're not going to do it because of financial reasons. If it's this bad, if sports science is saying an NBA player should only play in 60 games, you got to go down to 60-game schedule. I'm not implying that Luke is on steroids. I was just implying how smooth he is at things. So get, don't get my words twisted there with the Palmero consideration. All right, coming up next here on the KNC Masterpiece, it's time for the C Block. Let's look at some uh He's some not dra- doing them right if he's on them. Oh, yeah, he's <laughs> completely wrong. I want to ask the Tolos for some suggestions on who we should be watching for the Cowboys for uh, for some mock draft time next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.